Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hello, I'm Raul, your angelic messenger, and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. My guest today is Paula Scamozino. Paula is a passionate naturopath and weight loss specialist of over 14 years. She holds two science degrees from Melbourne University and the Melbourne College of Natural Medicine, as well as two diplomas in herbal medicine and nutrition. Paula's vision is to provide excellence in leadership and education to inspire and empower people worldwide to reach their highest potential with their health and happiness. Her aim is to help her patients discover their purpose and the life path by a holistic wellness journey and to lead others through a professional, through professional excellence, committed service and compassionate care. She's the director of her multidimensional clinic in Preston um, only about 10 kilometers from the center of Melbourne in Australia. Welcome, Paula, to Enlightened Conversations. Thank you so much, Raul. It's an absolute honor and pleasure to be here with you. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed that you've asked me to be here, and um, uh, I've invited Spirit to um, speak through me and with me, and to, um, yeah, to really hope to um, touch people out there, even if it's just one person. If it's a message that they need to hear, then I'm so thrilled and, and privileged to be that vessel. So thank you. Well, uh, truly our pleasure. When Michelle actually asked me to host these five shows um, and said, okay, start looking for your guests, the first name that came to mind and your face came to mind. So oh, I knew that you actually to be here. Thank you so much, Raul. It's an absolute amazing honour. Beautiful. Uh, let's start the conversation. And we were chatting before, and the idea is, as, you were, as I was saying in, in your introduction, you're actually committed to helping people and to help them with compassionate care. But the underpinning of all of this is truly the love that you, Paula, puts into everything that you do, including um, the practitioners that are working day with you. So let's talk a little bit about that underpinning love. Yeah. I think ultimately there's only ever two emotions. I think it's either love or fear. Really, that's what it comes down to. And I learned this a very long time ago when I myself went through some hardship as a as a young um adult and and a very dear friend of mine purchased a book for me and it was called Conversations with God from Neil Donald Walsh. And that just opened the door to this this amazing opportunity that life could, could hold. Um, when I really understood that there was either love or there was fear and what do I choose? And I made the choice to choose love and since then my life has gone from strength to strength and I'm doing a job that I truly love and am passionate about and, and I feel like I'm surrounded by like-minded practitioners that are in it for the right reasons and it's more than just, I guess, your, your training in whatever modality that you've chosen. It's so much more than that. It comes from the willingness and, and wanting to make a difference in people's lives and that, that ultimately is love. 
you know, just um, helping people on their journey and when they're struggling and you're able to shine that light and give them the hope. And I know, Raul, you, you, you helped me so much and, and your definition of hope is have only positive expectations. And I always have that. Um, it's almost like a, a recording in my mind. Hope, let's just hope. And love will prevail. Love is the key to everything. And I see this time and time again in clinic and it's just, I feel honoured, I really do, um, to be able to um, show people how they can have more love in their lives. So, yeah, it, it is all about love. Yeah. Um, Michelle had a guest a little while ago, a really good friend of hers, and the name escapes me, and I'm terribly sorry that your name escapes me, but she was talking about working through your emotions and truly working, uh, kind of like passing through the fear and pushing forward. Feel it yeah. fully, but then don't allow it to hold you back and then get at the other end, feeling the love mm -hmm. for everything that you have learned, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you were talking about conversations with God. What was it, apart from that you were saying two emotions, fear and love, what was it that that book actually captured you? Really good question. And I, I think the most important thing about it was choice. It was everything starts with a thought, it leads to a word, leads to a deed. And it's up to you to choose what thought are you going to, um, to have. And, and that dictates the words that we choose to use and our actions and our behaviours. So we can choose fear. And oftentimes it's easier. It can be a bit of a scapegoat at times too to choose fear because, you know, um, it's almost like our ego protecting us. And so we, we fall prey to that. Um, but then when we say, well, hang on, we actually have another choice. So let's see what love prevails. Let's see what love will offer. And then when you start to, to be authentic in that and you do that more than giving into fear, again, the, the opportunities are endless. You know, this big door is open and more doors open after that. And so you have a natural inclination to keep choosing love. And, of course, we're human, so sometimes we do regress and sometimes we, you know, do, do fall back into that little trap. But, again, it's that little voice inside saying, hang on, there is another choice. What, what else do you want to choose? And that is empowering. And, again, in my practice, that's what I'm all about. It's about showing people and, and making them feel empowered to make other decisions for their health, for their well-being. Um, and not just physically, but mentally, emotionally and spiritually as well. Just getting them to understand that they are in the driver's seat, that they should feel empowered. And although it sometimes is easier to choose fear over love, love is going to give them so much more in the long run. Mm. And, and love for themselves and love for their body. Mm. I agree with what you were saying about the fear and, and you were talking about the ego. And... Nobody's perfect, including myself. And I think that the, the emotion of fear is when we allow the ego to interfere, it's kind of like a, a comfortable place to be. We've been there before. We've been many times before. And we should think, okay, let's go and feel the fear because you know what? I know what's going to happen. And you just run a thousand miles an hour in your head and you allow yourself to go with that without realizing that, you know what? There is a much, much pleasant emotion that is love. However, 
sometimes you need to work through the fear in order to truly not only comprehend but appreciate and be grateful mm -hmm. for the love that you receive and i'm sure that you can resonate with that absolutely absolutely without a doubt i think sometimes and i know me personally sometimes you have to reach rock bottom you've got to hit rock bottom to know that there is you know it's all about contrast in order to see the light sometimes you've got to actually i think you need to, to experience the dark mm. and so once you understand that there is um another another side then that again just opens up so many opportunities but you know i think and a lot of people that i speak with particularly patients in clinic they can turn their life around when, once they have hit that you know that, that downer and they've gone into that black hole and then that I guess that gives them the experience and the knowledge and the know-how to then pull themselves out of that black hole in the future because they've made other choices and they know where that's, that's um, led them. It's led them to a brighter future and, and that's through love, essentially. I, I truly appreciate the concept of you were saying hitting rock bottom. I've been there many times. But the issue with it is that sometimes we build this house of cards mm -hmm. and it hasn't got the foundation that it needs to in order to fulfill your higher purpose. And well, the house of cards, you just remove one card or you just blow on it and it's going to go everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the idea of hitting that growth button, in my opinion, is for us to really realize that we can actually build a house with a much better foundation because there's nowhere further to go. Mm -hmm. We are there, we are the bottom. We can only start a fresh and new, but truly paying attention to the lessons learned uh, from the way up all the way to the way down at the bottom and build really a good structure that primarily, and sometimes I think that is important to mention here, people sometimes think that you need to be everything and everything to everybody around you. And most importantly, you're gonna have to be, in my opinion, a little bit selfish and be the best for you first. It's like when we get on an aeroplane and they tell you, if the mask comes down, put it on you first before mm -hmm. helping others. And sometimes we are so much into helping others that we forget about ourselves. But by hitting that rock bottom, hopefully we can actually help ourselves and others to build a foundation that will withstand the new lessons to be learned. Oh, I love what you just said, Raul. I think that hit the nail on the head. I think the best way to love others is really to love yourself first. And and it's often times that we, you know, either we disregard, and again, coming back to health, we disregard our bodies and we disregard, and we, we may be um, somewhat of a martyr at times, and, and I know myself personally, that I'm helping everyone else. And then I, I forget about me. I think that... How about me? And people say, well, you're helping everyone else. Why, you know, set, set some time aside during the week and do something that you enjoy, that you love. And so over the years, I've, I've really realised that I've got to love myself and I've got to respect myself. And sometimes that means being selfish. Sometimes that means speaking up. And oftentimes, it's like, oh, I don't want to hurt that other person. Well, I know that, you know, something's not quite right and, you know, um, I'd rather just keep peace. But I think it's important, though, to stand up for what you believe in because that's tr really, truly showing self-love and self-respect. And then I think other people will, it'll be a domino effect. 
because then they will have more respect for you because you've had respect for yourself. You know yourself better than anyone else. If you don't have respect for you, you why should anyone else respect you? So this is a big lesson, in fact, that I'm going through right now and, and it's empowering and, and I feel more authentic as a result of really honouring who I am and perhaps being that bit selfish but in always a loving way and I feel like the domino effect is that people see me in a different light but in a respectful light. So totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it's about sometimes putting boundaries and... Yep. Um, Sometimes it's difficult and you need to, to get at, at a point of perhaps loggerheads in order for you to say, okay, I'm going to speak my truth now, yeah. but I'm also going to let you know that these are my boundaries. As you yeah. were saying, in a, in a nice, compassionate way, but also speaking your truth. Um, yeah. But the idea of loving yourself first. Um, my sister that lives in the US in Florida, she's a Reiki master and she taught me an exercise which is quite confronting, um, and not only sharing it with you, but with everybody else that is actually listening. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you, Marilyn, for, for teaching me that exercise. She said, loving yourself is about coming out of the shower and fully naked in front of a full length mirror, and then looking at every part of you from the top of your head all the way down, loving it without criticism. If you criticize, you go back to the top. Yeah. And you keep on going back. So every criticism takes you back to the top of your head until you fully love everything that you got. And she was saying, obviously I'm not a parent, but her as a mother, she was saying, you need to love, and you will probably appreciate this, you need to love your stretch marks because mm -hmm. those stretch marks gave you your kids. And there's perhaps nothing more important than the love of your children. But you cannot receive that love unconditionally from them if you don't really love yourself. And that's the idea that we're sending out out there. If anyone is willing to do that exercise, no one needs to be around, no one's gonna record you, do it in yeah. mirror. It is confronting because I don't think that any one of us will stand in front of a mirror naked, truly going through every part of your body. I don't think that anybody that does that. Mm -hmm. And it is confronting because you think, oh my God, you start criticizing and you think, okay, back to the top but it's something to truly appreciate who you are, the journey that you have been on. And I can only speak for myself, but the journey has been, yeah, it has, has ups and downs. At times it has been like a heart attack and at times it has been smooth sailing, but every experience that I have had has brought me to this conversation here with you. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that role, I think. Um, you couldn't have spoken more beautiful words in terms of, you know, as a mother, and I've got two beautiful daughters who I love and adore, um, and they're just, they're old souls and they're just amazing. And every time I think about criticising myself, I think, look what I created. Look what I was blessed with. That they chose me as their mum. And, you know, a few stretch marks or a little bit of cellulite, that's a very small price to pay for what I've been blessed to you know, to, to um, share my life with. Absolutely, totally agree with that. And I think, and Louise Hay says it quite a lot, and I'm, I, I'm always listening to Louise Hay and have been for years and years, and I've got her in the car at the moment on audio, so every time I hop in, the girls are used to it as well. Mum, I love this, I love this. Don't put it on the radio station. I want to hear what Louise has to say. 
And she says that you're in exactly the right place at the right time always, that everything is only ever happening for you and not to you. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's a learning process. We need the lows as much as we need the highs. In fact, without the lows, we're not going to appreciate those beautiful moments in our life because there's no point of comparison. And this is a message I convey to patients all the time that you might be in a rut at the moment, but you know what? It's a necessary part of your journey and embrace it and, and actually have gratitude for it. And I think that that's what it comes down to. Love essentially is being grateful and, and finding gratitude in even the smallest of things. And, and sometimes we have really bad days, like where we find nothing to be grateful for. But I remember, I don't know if it, I read something or I heard something that it said, um, even on those darkest, darkest days, and you can't find anything to put in your gratitude journal, be grateful for the postman that delivered that massive bill to you for the electricity. The fact that the electricity company had faith in you that you were going to pay that bill, I'm grateful for that. Like, put that in your gratitude journal. There's always something. It's, it depends on your choices, on what you choose to believe and what you choose to think. Mm-hmm. And, it, again, we, it can be so easy to go back into that, you know, negative thought process because again like you said Raul it's just a habitual thing it's something that we're used to that we're comfortable with that comfort zone but challenge those thoughts challenge what it is that you normally do and you know look at a brighter side because there's always a brighter side to everything so yeah I I love I love your perspective Raul and I always have and that's why I always see you as a patient as much as a colleague um, I have great respect for your your take on life and it's, it's a beacon of light for me, as I'm sure it is for all of your, your clients. So I'm grateful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, likewise, it's, we're Thank in this you. together. We, we come as individuals, but we're coming into this whatness, into this idea that whatever we do is going to, it's going to link to somebody else and that somebody else will help somebody else. But we live in a society that we are bombarded by newspapers, magazines, television, on the life that we should lead, yes? Mm-hmm. Uh, the car that you should drive. And I know, I've been there, I've done that. And suddenly you need to truly, and I can only speak from myself, you need to truly lose it all, material things. Just lose it all, let it go, to truly build a foundation with, you know what? Sure, I used to drive a Mercedes-Benz and today I catch a train. Does it make me a different person? Well, perhaps yes, because I've learned different things and I tend to appreciate differently. Uh, And people see me for who I am, not for what I drive. But for many years, it was my my aim to buy the first Mercedes-Benz, then to buy the next one because it was the best, and the third, and you go into this treadmill that you think, where is this taking me? And what am I doing to myself? What do I need to prove to anybody else? And you know what, Paula? It's not about the car, it's about what the car represents. If you can afford to drive a BMW, Mercedes, brilliant, and do that, and I love that. But I was at a point in my life that I was doing it not for me anymore. It was a status symbol. And once you hit that rock bottom and things go everywhere, you realize who stays around. 
And in many cases, friends disappear and also family disappears. And it makes you sad and it makes you feel like, oh my God, I thought that you loved me for me and now you don't. And in other cases, you've got people that they will do anything for you regardless of whether you've got that Mercedes Benz or not. Mm -hmm. And those could be family, as it happened to be me, and friends. But I have both sides. Friends and family mm -hmm. disappeared. And you realize, well, if you're only in my life for whatever I can offer you material things, you know what? I can offer you so much spiritually. I am so sad that you were unable to, to see it. And that perhaps it was my fault for only showing just material things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an important point to make to all of us and to people listening to, to our conversation today is that do what is right for you. Do what you love. Buy whatever you want to buy, but not because you need to prove anything to anybody. Live the life that you are meant to live and to lead. Because at the end of the day, spirit is not saying to us, we came here to suffer. No, we came here to actually learn. And sometimes we need to have some hard lessons. And we need to decide which way we're going to go. And today for today, despite of... I'm still dealing with medical issues and so forth. Perhaps within all of that, it's at a point in life that I'm at my happiest. Mm -hmm. And it took that point of, okay, let's go down rock bottom and let's build ourselves up again. Um, not pleasant, but it was necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally hear you, Raul, and I'm so on the same wavelength, so on the same page. Um, but it's just taking one day at a time. And, and on those, um, when, we, we, when we encounter those obstacles and those hurdles, it's, like you said before, it's about just, you know, letting it pass. Just taking and being patient with yourself because oftentimes it's this expectation that we have to have it all together you know, that we need to know exactly what to say and what to do at the right time. And then that oftentimes is what leaves us feeling disappointed in ourselves. It's like, well, I should have been here, but it was here, you know, here and here. There's not much difference, but it leaves us feeling disappointed. And I'm reading um, a book from Brene Brown at the moment called, um, it escapes me, um, Gifts of Imperfection. And it's all about what we expect ourselves to be but then the reality is that we can't be authentic when we're leading this seemingly perfect but imperfect life. We just need to be ourselves and be authentic and, and truly love who we are. You know, when we are looking in that full-length mirror naked and to say, I love those stretch marks because I have my beautiful children that they represent and I'm so proud of them. You know, it's like that, that lioness, that, that, those tiger marks actually. Um, and, you know, that's a, a, um, a symbol of strength and, and wisdom and experience. And I need to embrace that. So I don't have to be that slim, skinny model. And, again, I see this quite a lot because I deal with weight loss. And, you know, people often come to me perhaps wanting to lose 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 kilos. Um, and some of the people that want to lose a little bit less, they say, well, I want to look like her. That lady in the magazine, how can I look like her? And my response is, how can you look like the best version of yourself, which looks a million times better than her? Because that re really is not reality. So be you, be authentic. And if, if the choice to lose weight is your choice, that's fine. 
But again, look at the reasons for that. Is it because you need to be, you know, keeping up with the Joneses? And like you were saying before, you know, that with the Mercedes um, story, um, it's what other people expect of me. Well, I've got to fit in a size 8 dress because I'm going to my friend's wedding, I'm bridesmaid and everyone else is skinny and I need to look like them. Hang on. Ultimately, this is about your health and your life and your longevity. You know, looking at yourself and saying, I want to do this for me. Yeah, yeah, sure, I've got a wedding and I'm a bridesmaid and all the rest of it, which is fine and there's nothing wrong with that. But having enough love and respect for yourself to say, I want to do this for me. I've got, you know, and in that example, maybe you've got young kids and you want to see them grow up and be able to play games with them in the park. That's why I want to lose the weight because I want to be healthy. I want the energy, the vitality, the strength to be able to enjoy them. The wedding will come and go. That's not forever, but I'm forever and I'm important. And so this is where I feel like I'm in a position that I can highlight that to them, you know, to patients to say, this is about you and love you for who you are, you know, um, all parts of you, not just the good ones, but embrace perhaps those, those traits that you'd rather change. And again, if you want to change them, you have the power to do so. Feel empowered. You can do anything that you choose to do. And oftentimes this is like a reality shock for a lot of people when I speak this way. I've no one's ever spoken to you this way before. Um, and it's just amazing to see the transformation because when people start to think this way, they start making adequate changes for their health and well-being, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and then by the end, it just transforms. And for me, that's the biggest privilege because it's not about, okay, here's a diet and here's some exercise regime, take a few herbs and pills. It really has nothing to do with that. I, I have that ability to give them that information, but it's so much bigger than that. And to see that person evolve into this strong, independent woman or man or, you know, child, that's, that's huge. And that, for me, is the reason why I'm here. It's my life purpose. And I'm so blessed that I've, I've, I've discovered that. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, it's just in every being that I'm on the right path. So absolutely, totally, this, this is good. Brilliant. You know that I was thinking um, a, a few years ago, I saw an interview of the model, the fashion model, Heidi Klum. And the reporter was actually saying to her, um, what could you tell ladies out there that they have had, like yourself, three children and they want to go back to look like you? And she said to the camera, did you look like me before you were pregnant? Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't think so. So my message to you is be the best version of you. Like you were saying, don't try and be Heidi Klum's because you were not Heidi Klum's to start with. Mm -hmm. So trying to sell you a diet or it's more about a way of life, isn't it? A choice, the way that you're going to take your life from that point onwards. And as you were saying quite clearly, it's about that triangle, yes? Uh, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual. Uh, because if that's not balanced, we're not going to go anywhere fast. But sometimes people perhaps, including myself, we have um, kind of like no real expectations. We want things to go like that now. And it doesn't doesn't happen that way, particularly as we're getting a little bit older. If you need to share any kilos, it takes a little mm -hmm. longer. It doesn't take that much to put them on. Mm -hmm. 
uh, but it actually takes a lot of effort to realize that your diet needs to change, your way of thinking needs to change, and you need to find something that works for you, not something that it works for a fashion model. Exactly right, exactly right. Everyone's different, and it's about celebrating those differences and not comparing and saying, well, why don't I have what she has? You know, I'm different and I'm proud of it. And you should be proud of it because God created you. And there's no other person on this earth like you. How amazing is that? Be the best version of yourself. Totally, absolutely agree with that, Raul. Mm. It really, really is um, important to be authentic. And, and on that note, I mean, I've, as you're talking, I was thinking with patients, particularly when they, they do, um, you know, give me their rendition of how they would like to be and what they, they are like now. And they often berate themselves from the beginning saying, oh, I'm, and I, I hate, I call it the F word, the F-A-T word. I don't like that word. I, don't, I try not to use that word at all because I think it's so derogatory and it's so authentic to themselves. So I don't use the F word. Um, and, and it's interesting that when they speak, like I feel like spirit is around me, particularly in this clinic. Spirit's around me and I feel like messages are downloaded. And it's often, it comes out of my mouth. And I think... Did I just say that? I have to kind of do a double take, but it seemed to be exactly what that patient needed to hear at that particular time. And it, it, it's often the time that this big message that needs to come across to their growth and their well-being. And, and I've noticed that it's when they are berating themselves and when they are putting themselves down, they need a positive reinforcement, that positive, you know, empowering statement or phrase or, or whatever it may be. And they just get downloaded at the right time and it gets delivered at the right time so i'm open as a vessel to spirit if, you know if, if there is a message that i need to convey use me that's what i'm here for you know i'm here to serve i'm here to help to support um and as you know um, i'm currently in my clinic and um, i've been here now for about six or seven years but when we first moved into this clinic we renovated it we painted walls most of the walls, as you know, were all green, a beautiful green. And the first week that we moved in, and I was, mind you, before that I was looking at a chiropractic clinic and it was quite clinical, quite white and, you know, um, very different to what this clinic is now. But the very first week we moved in, the major difference was that as soon as patients would walk in, because, again, I created my own space and I put my own essence into it, patients would just start crying straight away, whether I knew them for a long time, or there were new patients, they just bawled their eyes out. I'm thinking, what is it? What's in this clinic that's causing this? And I realised, I think it's the colour green, or it's the essence that I've put into it. But I thought this was amazing. It was it was marvellous that we could get straight to the, the bottom of, and the root cause of what was going on for them. It was no, you know, um, smoke screen. It was no barriers. It, they all came down. They could just be themselves and be authentic. And I think that's where my greatest work can occur. Because we can just get to the bottom of it and, and support them and help them grow and, and make them feel empowered to make all those amazing changes for their health and well-being. Mm. So, yeah, that, that just came to me as you were talking. I'm like, yeah, it so resonates. And it's the idea of creating an environment where people can actually, yeah, let the guard down and, mm -hmm. and truly allow you to help them along their own pathway. But to help with... As you were saying, spirit is just sometimes so funny because uh, once you're open, 
whatever it will come down will come down and you are unable to stop it, you need to actually just say it. And because you're so open, it's that they're actually giving you the right words to use that perhaps you wouldn't have used uh, in your regular conversation uh, with a person, but it was exactly what they needed to hear. And sometimes, and I know when people see me perhaps for a reading that I usually say, I will give you the, the messages that the angels give me. It may not be exactly what you want, but it will be exactly what you need at that point in time. And sometimes as hard as it may be, um, you can be compassionate on delivering the message, but the message needs to be delivered. Uh, otherwise, um, that honesty and that integrity really collapses. Um, and that's what I love about your clinic. Yes, the minute that you walk in, you actually feel the energy. And I remember talking to you that you were telling me um, you looked after the clinic and positioning everything according to Feng Shui. Uh, so the energy flows well. And, and as you said, people come in and either they're happy or they really let it go and they start bawling their eyes out. And that's something so powerful. Um, but also you have to do it with, with so much compassion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that the word compassion is something that people use a lot, but it's about feeling it. And it's about having that interaction, what goes around comes around. Because mm -hmm. if you deal with somebody with, in a compassionate way, that compassion will come back to you. And sometimes it will come back in the essence of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think compassion is ultimately love. It has everything to do with love. Because even sometimes if you don't agree with what's said or what's done, when you take a different stance and you, you approach it with compassion, and again, we're all human, so we all make mistakes and we all say and do things that perhaps aren't the best at the time, but when you take that step back and you see the bigger picture, you can approach the situation with compassion. Mm. And ultimately, that is love. Mm. You know, we can surrender and be angry and be resentful and, you know, lash back, which can be very easy to do. And, and we, I think, I mean, personally, I, I do fall prey to that at times, but then I, I take that step back and say, hang on, look at the bigger picture. Look at this person, what they've been through. Why have they said or done what they've said or done? And then, you know, you, you put yourself in their shoes. And again, that, that comes from a place of compassion. Mm. So, and that's love. True, true. I wanted to touch, and if you allow me, um, on your daughters, because they are extremely spiritual and I would like you to share whatever you would like to share about them um, with people that are actually watching us because mm -hmm. I think it's quite important that we acknowledge what I will call this, this new generation of rainbow warriors. Um, because although I'm using the word warrior, but I, I'm using it in the best positive way because yeah, they're coming with this rainbow light and they're just they're just amazing us in the way that they mm -hmm. see life and in the way that they react to what we, it took us such a long time to get to this point spiritually. To them, it's kind of like our ending point is their starting point. They, they mm -hmm. know so much more. Yeah, I agree. Look, with my daughters, Isabella and Natalia, so Isabella is um, almost 11 and Natalia is nine. Um, they are old souls and 
I just, I think, I think back to myself when I was that age, I don't think I had any inkling what was going on. And I look at these kids and they just get it. They just get it. Like with Isabella when she was born and as I, I started to see her grow and she was just, I could tell she was intuitive. She would pick up, she's quite a sensitive soul, my, my, um, my eldest, and she, she just knows things and she'll relay that to me. And, and my little one, actually, when she was little, she would have a lot of dreams, vivid dreams, until this very day, like she'd speak in her dreams and say, no, stop it, or yes, come here, and, and we hear it. Um, but I think she's always had that connection with the spirit world because, of, of course, I think it is it up to the age of six, they're still really in touch with that uh, other realm. And so I could see it in her eyes. And when my little one was born, my husband and I looked at each other and we said, she's been here before. You could just <laughs> an old soul and and the, the, the amount of compassion they have for other people like not even an adult most adults that I know would not respond the way they do and they they, they have that maturity and that in-depth um, understanding and knowledge again I as a child I can't remember having that so I think you're right but um, these rainbow children as you called them you know they are starting off with well we we've kind of left off like we've had a whole life journey to get to this point but they're, they're waking up to it already there's already this um awakening literally um and it's helping me become more awakened seeing them like that they're teaching me as much as i'm teaching them if not more and i'm open to that and 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 i love it because my mum's been a great teacher to me as well because you know and i think there's no there's no uh rule book when it comes to becoming a parent like we just have kids and we hope for the best. And mum always says that to me. There's no book, but I'm learning as I go. And I love that because she is learning and she is growing and she's open to changing if she needs to change. And that helps me do that for my kids and hopefully my kids for their kids. So I think, and again, it's from a point of compassion. So we're so used to doing things in a certain way, but when we're open to other ways um, and, you know, perhaps your kids need to show you those other ways, then how beautiful can life be? Because you're open to making the necessary changes to have a better life. You know, for things to be beautiful in every sense of the word. So, yeah, totally agree with what you're saying, Raul. Yeah, I just think that children, they bring so much with them. And even when they're dealing with technology that we have to learn, and to them it's second nature, I remember... A little while ago, I was in Sydney at my niece's place and she has six kids. And the youngest, that at the time was only, I think five and a half, getting closer to six. And I was saying to, to Veronica, my niece, I'm trying to download this app and I don't know what I'm doing, uh, it's not mm -hmm. happening. And the little one came next to me and she says, I can download it for you if you like. <laughs> And that just made me laugh so much and it blew my mind. And Veronica says to me, if you let her, she can. And it's that idea that, yeah, they just, I don't know, they come with an iPad under their arm and they know how to use technology. Nobody taught her. She's probably just learned it from the siblings. And, but yes, she can download apps. Veronica was saying to me, I keep on changing my password <laughs> because she keeps on actually getting in. And it's wow. that, that idea that they, they understand the world that they need to live in. They understand that technology is part of it. But they're also 
yeah, very in touch, very spiritual. She's mm -hmm. happy to play outside and talk to the imaginary friend. And as you mm -hmm. and I know, it's that ability to connect with spirit, to see mm -hmm. that energy of the angels in whichever way she sees them. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's what it actually, yeah, it amazes me. Uh, I mm -hmm. did have that with me when I was a child, but the way that they, they're not afraid to actually be that rainbow child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're authentic. They're authentic. And they don't have to do or say anything to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. They just did it themselves. And um, in uh, one of Louise Hay's books, she talks about that, that as children, when, we, when we're born into this world, we're not afraid to say what we want. Like we, we cry when we want to eat. You know, we cry when we need our nappy change. Then we're not afraid. We're, we're proud of everything. Even, and she says this in her book, even our feces, we're proud of it all. So isn't that beautiful that you're born just knowing? And these kids of today, they're born just knowing in every sense of the word. And they don't have to apologise for any part of themselves. They just, they are themselves. They are authentic. So I think it's a, it's a lesson for us as adults, really, to be more like them, to be more authentic. But I remember my mother and my grandmother that they, they were Catholics and devotees of the Virgin Mary and the angels. And when I talked to them, they, they used to say to me, and that's why it took me such a long time to get to where I needed to be, because they used to say to me, it's lovely and we get you, we understand you, but don't speak about it outside mm -hmm. home. Uh, people are not going to react in the same way. And I tried that a couple of times. And, and then you get into that ridicule or that bully situation with kids because they don't get you. And you suffer mm. through that. And it was a lesson that I needed to learn. But mm. I personally wasn't born in a space of time that it was clearly understood. I have to suppress mm. that. Mm. And funnily enough, like yourself, we ended up going to Melbourne University where mm -hmm. the emblem of the university is an angel on flight. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when I actually got there, I thought, my God, look at it. You want any more messages? Does it get any clearer? Yeah. And don't you and, love that? Sorry, bro. Oh, don't you love no, that? No, how spirit's always giving us signs. Like, and the more you're aware of it, the more you see it, whether it's a feather or a coin or angel numbers on your phone and you keep seeing 1111 or 5555. And, and the more you're open to it, like how amazing spirit's always giving us clues. Just being open to that. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, 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 no. Amongst friends here. It's, but it's that idea that it took us such a long time to get here. And for your girls, they're there already. I'm, I'm amazed. I, I don't know, I would like to be a fly in the wall when they are our age. What are they going to be talking about and how evolved are they going to be? Mm -hmm. uh, because to them, this, this sentiment and this feeling of being one with everything is quite clear. Although they may not said in so many words you can you can actually see and i'm sure that you can see in your daughters the way that they interact with other kids mm. absolutely the maturity is just amazing like you know schoolyard bullying i think it um stands the test of all time it's just it's not something that ever goes away and um i i know my eldest isabella last year had a few incidences at school and, and they had gone to a new school and you know against they they 
they, they actually didn't want to leave the old school, but we had to make the, the choice call based on educational reasons. Uh, and it was hard. It was hard for her. It was hard for all of us. Um, but she felt ostracised a lot of the time, not just because she was a new kid in school, but, you know, there, there were a few choice bullies, notorious bullies that had done it many times before, um, that were on her back. And, and I really loved the way she handled it because she said to me, Mum, this is the situation. She was very upfront and honest. This is the situation. I've explained to this person, um, I actually stood up to her and she'd never gotten that from anyone else. And so this was a, a rude reality shock for her because I was the first person that actually stood my, you know, spoke my truth and spoke my mind. And then she, she clearly didn't like that. So she became even more um, abrupt and um, offensive towards her. And she said, Mum, I said, look, I, I need, to, need to speak to the teacher. I need to sort this out because it's not just, this is not right. Um, she said, no, Mum, I've got it handled. I've already spoken to the teacher. And, in fact, tomorrow I'm going to speak to the other teacher because I think he's actually going to do more than what my teacher's doing. So I just thought, wow, how empowered is this kid? I'm so proud of you. And I told her that. I said, if that was me, I would have crumbled at your age. But you've taken a stand and you've got confident in your ability to stand up for yourself. That, that, again, that's a huge lesson for a lot of adults that, you know, it can be very easy to succumb and to surrender and submit. But she didn't. She chose to know, I've got to speak for what's right. And this is clearly not a right situation. We need to fix this. And she was 10 at the time. So these kids are just amazing. But also, uh, kudos and congratulations to you and Joe because you need to harness that at home, yes, in order for them to feel that they've got things under control because you show them the way with words, with actions, with the way that you actually deal with people. As you know, better than anybody else, kids look at you, your every move, everything you say, how you say it, how you actually interact with another human being. And, but it was, yeah, congratulations to her because I wouldn't have done it. I probably would have gone home, cried to mom and hoped mm -hmm. that she would resolve it. Mm -hmm. Me too, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> But um, yeah, and thank you, thank you, thank you, Raul, for the acknowledgement. Um, we're just doing our best, and we make mistakes. And I just, I, I hope that um, we make not as many mistakes as you know victories. I hope there is more of the good stuff than you know. Um, but we're doing the best that we can. I think that's all we can ever ask of ourselves and of anyone else. Just doing the best that we can and learning from your mistakes. And. Um. This is what we're here to do, learning and evolving through love. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't get any clearly the love that children actually show for one another because even to that bully, she was able to show love mm -hmm. by saying, you know what, stop right there. Let me just take a step back and tell you who I am mm -hmm. and how I expect you to treat me and how I will treat you back. And sure, the bully probably had a, a hard time, but she managed it. She talked to all of the teachers. It's sort of like, mm -hmm. come on, that's serious gut to be mm -hmm. able to do that. How old was she, 10? Well, 10, so it was last year. But Isabella, again, when she was born, in fact, when she was in my tummy, when I was carrying her, she showed true strength because we thought she was going to come out at 26 weeks. I had a threatened um, early labour. And this girl was impatient. It was like, I need to do this now. 
But thankfully, she ended up being three days late. So we kept her in and she was healthy. <laughs> beautiful, big, chubby, gorgeous baby. And from the very beginning, like even in her toddler year, she showed like if she wanted something, it was going to happen. And if she didn't want to do something, she wasn't going to do it. So, of course, we had to harness that as well. So that can become an extreme. But um, we're finding a happy balance now. We really That's are. She's grown and evolved and so have we. And uh, at home, and I know you, you kept on telling me several times that they do their own readings. They, they have their own angel mm -hmm. cards. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do they enjoy that and how that come about? Because uh, I've been doing it for years. I love my angel cards and now I do it online. So if I don't have a deck handy, I'll just quickly do it online and ask my angels to, to send me the message that I need. And so um, I purchased, uh, I don't know if it was for Isabella's fifth birthday, and I purchased her first deck of cards, her cards, and they were pink and just gorgeous, but made for kids. And I said to her, and, and the strategy behind this was for her to use that if there were ever any issues, any difficulties, that she could call upon the angels, even if she didn't want to speak to me about whatever was going on, that her angels would always support her and protect her. And she has this special deck just for herself. And, of course, the little one wanted a deck too. So we got her a deck as well. Um, so they're two years apart, but um, the little one's really cute. She just follows suit. She's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, she just follows her sister wherever she goes. But um, Isabella really thrived with that. I found that that was her outlet. So oftentimes I would catch her in every room. I'd kind of glance without her realising that I was there and I could see her shuffling these cards. And I thought, great, this is a great um, resource for her. And um, and then a good friend of mine bought her her second deck of cards and then she started using those. And, and I just think it's, it's a beautiful way to introduce spirit to these girls, although they already know deep down at soul level, but it's a it's a beautiful way for them to cope with any stresses that life presents them. But they know that spirit's got their back always. Yes. All, and all they have to do is ask. And you know, even when they've had a presentation at school and they've been a little bit nervous, oh mum, I don't know if I'm gonna do well or I'm like, you know what, Archangel Michael's by your side. You just call him, he's there, he's holding your hand. You know, and, and surrender any fears, any doubts, any insecurities, surrender them. Let them go. And then, sure enough, they do amazingly. And then yes. their report reflected it. So I think it's just a beautiful way to introduce to these kids that, you know, spirit's there and always will be. Just ask. Because, of course, it's about freedom of speech. So unless you ask, then, you know, they, yeah. they you know, can't help, but they will help as soon as the minute you think of them. Yeah, they're always there. They allow you the free will to make your own decisions. But at the end of the day, as you said, if you ask, and they will mm -hmm. actually give you the answers. And, uh, yeah. and, but it's lovely to see young people doing that and harnessing mm -hmm. that from a young age. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I was saying to you before. I, I, I would love to be a fly in the world when they're older and to see mm -hmm. how much they have evolved uh, physical, mentally, but spiritually. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that they've been sent with mm -hmm. such a big, such a big job ahead of them. Uh, to try and change the way that we actually deal with Gaia, Mother Earth, and the way that we actually deal with one another uh, mm -hmm. at every level, whether it's at a school level or whether it's at the level of running a country. Um, these girls and these boys, uh, hopefully, are, one, are going to be the catalyst to bring mm -hmm. that oneness uh, into be. Uh, I think that mm -hmm. we are, by doing this type of conversations, by sharing this 
ideas with one another and showing that we are real, showing that we're human beings, that we have our flaws. We're not trying to tell people how to live, we're only just sharing what we know. And that way, as Michelle would say, one conversation at a time. And I usually like to say one smile at a time. I think that by smiling to one another, even particularly on the street, that you may not know the person, you are sending that energy of love. And that way we are building that structure that hopefully Izzy and Natalia will continue further on to bring it into uh, to fruition. Yeah. I, and I hope and pray that that's true. And I, I feel like that's my responsibility as their parent that they've chosen to help them to do that. Because I have, that, that's my goal, to bring that oneness and that wholeness and, and that awakening, you know, to, to bring love, really, yeah. into this world in any way, shape or form that I can. And I want to set that example to them because I think they can and I think all these kids can. We all can. Yes, absolutely. Um, we're coming towards the end, believe it or not. We've been um, chatting away for almost an hour, but we've got a, quite a few minutes if people want to find you, Paula, where can they reach you? Yes, absolutely. So um, I do have a website. So that's at www.nnhealth.com.au. Um, and we have a practitioner profile. Raul, yourself, is, is on that profile as well. So you can read a bit about what our modalities are, what we can offer, um, and all of our services too. So I do have a YouTube link on my website too, on the home page. Um, and just me explaining exactly what I do, you know, what my passion is all about and how I can help you um, to improve your health and well-being. So, um, and I do have a phone number, so I can share that, uh, 0415 And we're located at 40 Spring Street in Preston. Um, so like you said, we're all about 10 kilometres from uh, Melbourne Central or uh, Melbourne City. Um, and there is parking access at the back. It is by appointment only, so I'm very careful with um, how I structure my appointments. And I do um, really want to know a lot about your health and well-being before coming to see me. So I actually send you out information um, to complete some questionnaires. So I really get a good picture as to where your health stands at the moment. And then we take it from there. So, um, yeah, so check out my website. Um, I can send out an information pack as well if you need more information. So the website again, please, Paul. So www.nnhealth.com.au. Brilliant. Paula, from me to you, thank you so much for coming on and like the conversations. Um, oh, it's my absolute pleasure. It's, it's, it's an honour and a privilege and uh, you know how much I love you with all my heart, yeah. Raul. You and Wayne, you're both amazing, amazing souls. And I'm really privileged to have you in my life, as are all of the people that... Uh, past you and, and you have all your clients and anyone that knows you knows that you're genuine and so thank you for being in my life. <laughs> Likewise, thank you so much for sending me so much love and send it straight back to you and as I usually say, remember believe in angels because they do believe in you. Um, to everybody out there, thank you so much for joining Paula and me in these enlightened conversations and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. See you.